0: Welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four-season card holders at Ashton Gate, who love the club, the game and all things Bears. We're back scoring and we're back winning. Here are our thoughts on Bristol's 45 points to 33 win away at London Irish. We even managed to practice the new 12-man format of the game. We also look ahead to the next game at Home to Worcester, with both teams picking up morale boosting wins this weekend. We give our thoughts on how this one will go at Ashton Gate. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony, and I'm joined by Lee, Miles, and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, boys, I, I really missed uh, doing the podcast last week. We're at Lee's pad. Thanks very much, Lee. No worries. Good to see you all, fellas. And uh, obviously, is as seasonal as
1: it comes, nice that Miles is here <laughs> and wearing his faithful face mask for uh, Halloween. Oh. No,
0: very, very scary. A happy Halloween. We're uh, recording this as normal on a Sunday evening, and there's uh, well. I would, I don't want to give people the wrong impression that we we actually know what we're talking about and prepare, but I was trying to write a few notes, and every five minutes, knock, knock on the door, <laughs> yeah. knock, knock on the door. <laughs> and uh, it's that time of year, Lee, isn't it, where you give... Kids' sweets in the street in the dark. We do, but but in the
1: love shack, that doesn't happen because obviously we're on the first floor and there's two <laughs> doors to get in, so we're pretty safe to record the pod tonight. That's, That's right,
0: so we shouldn't get any any knocking on the door. Um, Pete, uh, welcome back to the country. You had a, a little soiree, uh, a little boys' golf trip uh, s- this did. week.
2: Yeah, I certainly did. I was out in the Algarve, boys. Oh, it was so nice. 22 degrees, cloudless sky... Won't tell you what the scores were, but you know it was a fun. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was it was like an alternative reality in a little bubble of you know, millionaire's paradise, but not being a millionaire, obviously. So, uh, uh, yeah, really nice. Uh, I did tweet a little photo of me on the with my big travel bag. And someone did suggest that there was a body in it, and I think some people thought that might be Miles because he had me. Because I can now confirm that he is actually here with me. So he wasn't in my he wasn't in my body bag. It would be it would be a funny pack if Miles was (laughs) there. Yeah.
0: And can I just confirm there was a picture as well on social media that looked like you were standing on the first
2: tee wearing a cravat. Is this (laughs) this true? It was well, actually, boys, it was a, it was a Bristol Bears face mask. Oh, because, right. uh, <laughs> I mean, they were pretty hot on the old face masks in Portugal, so I think I had to wear it for the golf club to go in the in the um, in the clubhouse before the round. And I just thought, well, I'll just keep it there as a as a as a fashion item as well. Maybe maybe pick up a few uh, a few plaudits from the locals. Excellent. And Miles, good to have you back. It's been a while since you've
3: been here. Thanks so much. Yeah, I've been abroad as well. Been in Wales last week. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wet wow. and windy West Wales, not quite as luxurious as the Algarve. Temperatures a bit lower, but um, nice to get away and nice to come back across to the right country, the right side of the border. Good man. Good man, good man. I've got to ask, what, what's happened to the Duchess's bush?
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. I've mean, <laughs> noticed that as well. I, 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 she's I, I'm she's walk, shaving it. I, <laughs> I walked past the townhouse tonight. And that lovely big
3: bush you've got in your front (laughs) garden's gone. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Duchess has had a vendetta against <laughs> her bush for about the, the full ten years that we've been living there, boys. Uh, so finally, a couple of weeks ago, a landscaper pulled, pulled the whole thing out, roots and all, <laughs> uh, rebuilt the wall, and it looks much better. So there we are. Now my <laughs> the missus is missing her bush. So. <laughs> she, oh. was, she was
1: telling me how much she hated her bush when I was working there a couple of weeks ago.
0: <laughs> oh, <right>. let's <laughs> so move on. Get a good <laughs> view of your knocker now. Um, Thanks <laughs> rugby. All right, and boys, we're in a good mood because the Bears are back to winning ways Saturday up at the Brentford Community Stadium, uh, London Irish 33, Bristol 45. So before we talk about the game, uh, let me come to Miles first. Um, when you saw the team sheets come out on Friday, what, what were your
3: thoughts? Were you confident of a Bears win? Uh, Fairly. I mean, I was confident with the pack looked really strong. I mean, I was confident there, obviously, with our injuries and some of the backs, which we'll go on to talk about. Not so confident, but the academy boys have stepped up. Uh, And I think also looking at Irish's win against Chiefs the the previous weekend, um, I was pretty anxious about going there, to be honest. But um, you, you you weren't going to back your nil nil prediction from two weeks ago. Yeah? <laughs> oh, right, well, that one. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, that's the one I texted in. <laughs> Lee probably did that for me, didn't he? <laughs> okay. Uh, so,
0: if ever there was that old cliche, game of two halves, I think. Uh, this, this one was it? Um, it, it it well it was it just extraordinary absolutely extraordinary I didn't think we could get much more packed into that that first half um, Lee let me come to you the um, go and score three tries in a little over 10 minutes we're 19 nil up after uh, 20 minutes what were you thinking?
1: Well, I was thinking we had the, the old Bears back, to be honest. It was uh, hashtag vintage, wasn't it? I mean, someone at that run in rugby was, was, you know, what we were doing last season every single game. And, um, I mean, what I did like is that the new arrivals to the team, obviously Jack Bates and, um, and Toby Fricker, scored tries as well. So for me, it was nice that those two had come in and, and you know, got debut tries or, sorry, first tries for the team, sorry.
0: Yeah, and, and the first one, Heenan uh, getting across, driving more, seemed yeah. to be working again.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, again, it was old school, wasn't it? And it was, it was just so nice. And at that point, when we scored the third try, I'm thinking, we've got our team back and we're going we're gonna to go on and smash Irish. But then in true Bristol fashion, we ended up uh, letting them back into the game again, didn't we?
0: But if I remember rightly, we did that last season. Well let's let's keep on the positive just for, for the first 20 minutes. Pete, let me come to you. Fricker. He's quicker, isn't
2: he? He is, the Frickster. Yeah, he, until he went head to head with Airwigger and well, come on. Well, we'll come on, and, well, yeah. we'll, we'll come but, on uh, to that. Uh, was, but his try. Yeah, it was a it was a really good try. It was a really good turn of pace from um, Jake Kerr, wasn't it, on the yeah. wing? Yeah. And then um Fricker did what any good support player should do. He got on the inside and, you know, he got into a great position and it was a, you know, it was a nice run in. But yeah, he he opened his legs and showed his class, as they say. So uh, a nice little finish from Toby. And then, probably the pick of the
3: bunch, Miles, um, Jack Bates uh, try, end to end, coast to coast. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the young lad, he's obviously under 20, England international. He played a blinder. Um, fantastic try. He showed his, you know, turn of pace and he was away. I thought it was fantastic for him to come into the team, uh, young legs on him and really good for the team morale. And at this point, it really did start to look
0: as if it was the, the Bears of last season. But I don't know about you, Lee. I was thinking, oh my God, we've rushed into another lead. We've been here how many times now? Two, three times yeah. in, the, in the in the last few months. Um, and then we start to see some some yellow cards.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we were we Irish. We, They're always going to come back in. I, at this point, as well, I'm thinking when they scored that their first try Yeah, I mean I don't know if Pete wants to talk about for during the defence was wasn't the strongest was it but um, I actually had the money on a draw as well because I said to you boys last week I was certain that this game was going to be a draw so mm-hmm. I put a tenner on morning in the game mm-hmm. and of course as Irish started slipping back into the you know getting back into it I was starting to panic a little bit too. Yeah. I have to admit.
0: But that's a good point. We're a little bit out of order, aren't we? Because they did score before any of the yellow cards, and yeah. it was the the try. Yeah, Fricker was a bit
2: ropey as far as the defence there. The guy just kind of yeah. ran through him, didn't it? Mean, it's hard to you know. It's hard to be critical, but I think to be fair as well, it was made by Tom Parton as well. He was, I thought, was excellent for mm. Irish. Got to say, and and kind of did a nice little offload to give the winger even a chance. But you've got to be a bit disappointed when the guy's really going from a standing start. I, I think he, he made a decision to go high and uh, clearly you know, that was the wrong decision. I think if he'd gone lower uh, and done a more traditional tackle... I think support when it got there, and but by the time they got there, he'd been headbutted by the guy, and the guy was already <laughs> touching down. Well, it, was, it wasn't the
0: guy touching
2: down. You know who headbutted him? Was it a, one it of
0: ours? It was Joe Joyce. It was Joyce. <laughs> oh, Joyce, oh, he yeah. came Joyce. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and and it really stuck a beauty on yeah, it. Yeah. Can't see the same for me and, uh, So, so this is where I I, yeah. I was thinking. Right, we're <laughs> three tries to the good, and now we've got to take two people off because. Uh, that brought on uh, Leua and uh, Hawkins came on and you start to think, oh God, that 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 really, you know, is that going to turn things? So mm. 19-5 and then we come to the yellow cards. So we had three yellow cards. Let's take them one at a time. Um, I, I, I'll i start maybe with the easiest one. I think Jake Heenan. Uh, we were under a lot of pressure we were giving away a lot of offsides, a lot of, a lot of uh, penalties in the mall. I couldn't believe, actually, we didn't get away with a warning earlier. So I, I, I think, looking, looking around the room here, I think there's pretty, pretty much no doubt somebody was going to go and and, and went. Let, let me come to you now for, um, Pete, the next two because I know we we've had a conversation off air and we we maybe studied it a bit more than the the, the other boys. Pier Towers, mm. what what are your
2: thoughts on that one? Well, there's two things to look at on Pier Towers: was the actual incident and then the context in which it happened. I, mean, I I I can see why it was given. I think we would have been shouting for it if we it had been the other way around. But you know, you've got to look at him and think he he went for two hands for the ball. And and you know, he had a chance, he, he probably would have galloped in and scored a try even from that distance. So I was I was I was quite surprised that there wasn't more debate amongst the the officials about that being a, a genuine attempt. But you know, having looked at it a couple of times, I, I can see why it was given. So I'd say it was marginal, but I think the thing that annoyed me more was the, the play that led to it, because we had actually won a penalty defended our line and had won a penalty won a turnover I think it was John Hawkins actually won a really good yeah. turnover on our line cleared our lines way over the halfway line I mean it was Callum kicking it might have been the 22 if it had been another day but it was just over the halfway line but you know we've got possession back essentially we've got our own line out and then we gave away a, a silly little pre-kick for crossing the, the gap and it was from that the Irish then did a tap and go and it was for about the third phase that it went to Charles Piertel so you know contextually it was uh, annoying it wasn't necessarily a kind of the pressure of being down to 14 men from the first card that led to the second card mm. so i think they'll look back and they'll they'll realize that it was a, it was a marginal decision but we put ourselves in a position um to you know for that to happen but yeah i think it was one of those ones that will be debated forever yeah yeah so i mean quite unusual
0: to have two yellow cards at the same time mm. Uh, and then we, you know, tested out this new twelve-man format. Matt, we we had a third go mm. to the bin. Andy Uren, and I know we were speaking again earlier. We, we've got a slight difference of opinion on this one. What what's your
2: thoughts? Well, I I thought, and I'll stick with what I thought when I was talking to you. I thought it was very harsh. I think, I mean, Carly said he was nowhere near. He was never on side. But I mean, Andy Uren, guy got tackled. So I think Moran had tackled their player. And was Andrew was behind. He, as far as I could see, he went all the way round, got behind the what was there for the ruck. Nick Phipps picks it up and he goes forward and tackles him. And uh, I mean, you know, I I felt it was mar- you know, it was even less than marginal, but calling it a yellow as well without really even looking at it. I mean, to me, I mean he. TMO could have come in and said, Carly, have another look at that, because it's a crucial decision to make. It's a, you know, to have, to to, to give a third yellow to a a team on a very marginal. But then we argue about TMOs getting involved too much and we should back the refs. If they think they see it, they see it and they go for it. But it seems a bit inconsistent about when TMOs come in and when they don't. Because, you know, I I know you've got a slightly different opinion, Tony, but I, I thought that he made a very clear effort to go back and then come back through. The gates, as it were.
0: Yes, yeah, for me, I, I think because Morahan was involved in the tackle and he didn't get in from behind Morahan, I can see why the ref gave it. But, but I, thought, he, I,
2: thought, he, I thought he didn't go he I didn't thought it was try and get the ball. Card. He didn't try and go into the ruck and jackal. He he then when Phipps picked the ball up, the ball is then live. Mm. So if you are behind the offside line, which he was, he's got every right to go. Yeah just like in any other ruck if somebody picks the, the scrum off picks it up somebody can come round mm. and tackle him so I, I mean I think you're right I think it's just proven it is. it was incredibly marginal and I don't know it's just it's a luckily luckily let's not get too upset about yeah. it because in the end it didn't matter but it, it could have been crucial talking to, point Lee you want to come in
1: I just wanted to say because obviously listening to you guys you know kind of debate that um, <clears throat> Pat was saying actually that he thought all
2: three were harsh and I thought that's I mean, obviously it depends the, what with Heenan your if, team. With but. Heenan, I mean, Tony's right that any infringement was gonna go. I mean it was side entry. It depends what you define by a side entry. I mean, it wasn't ninety degrees side entry, Heatens. It was it was a slight angle. And it's the sort of thing that happens all the time. Yeah. And it, refs only seem to notice this when the opposition are quite close to the to the the the, the, the line. Um so but again, it's it's we all know that these things it's not a perfect situation with officiating and they, they, they go with what they see. And if they don't stick with their decisions, what do you have? You just have anarchy all the time, don't you? So, tricky.
0: Yeah. So, um, they, they get grab the try just before half-time. So, it's 12-19. Uh, uh, we come out, we get one player back, I think. Uh, didn't we? Um, Heenan was back for the second half. Uh, and they very quickly then, I think, was it about a minute, two minutes in, they 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 score well worked try and um and it's 19 all and the draw's on the tenners <laughs> on, the, on the, and, and on the, the money and the draw's on um M- M- oh well, Miles is going to open a can of beer. I won't. I won't ask him the next question then. Why oh, is he being posh and taking it away? This no, no, is uh, uh, being been... polite. Authenticity, okay. Miles. Absolutely. Sorry. So Miles, nineteen
3: all, uh, were still two men down. Were you? Were you fearing the worst? Well, a little bit because uh, the Duchess was following this on Twitter whilst we were crossing the Brecon Beacons yesterday, and I thought, uh, and they kept dropping out. I thought, oh my god, here we go. Uh, and at that point, I thought, we've just done a classic Bears, haven't we? We a got good, a good lead. Irish have come back. Uh, and knowing how strong Irish can be and how many jewels we've got in previous seasons, uh, I was starting to get a bit worried. But then I think, you know, tables turned a little bit and things turned out all right in I the mean, that, it, it is at that point when history starts to
1: kick back into your brain again, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Because you just think, oh, not again, surely.
0: Absolutely. And... You know, I think at this point, you know, we they they they'd scored fourteen points, uh, uh, but actually, it was a tremendous defensive effort, wasn't it, mm. uh, Pete? Mm. To to actually, when you think we were down to twelve,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, to to keep it just to the fourteen mm. points.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I, mean, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think you, this is one of the ones where you do take the positives from that situation and. Uh, and accept that these things can happen. And I think, as we debated, it wasn't a clear cut, like our silly mistake or decision making necessarily. It was an, an unfortunate circumstance. And I think that was, that was, I it was more disappointed to concede that try when we got back to 14 in the second half, to be honest. But I think we have to take the hat off to, to Irish. It was just a well-worked try. And sometimes you just have to accept these things happen. And you look at the tackle count. I think Irish made
0: 111. We had to make 188 tackles. And you had Fitz Harding, 24 tackles. Jake Heenan, 20 tackles. Dave Atwood, 19 tackles. Jake Kerr, uh, 17 tackles. I mean, there was a huge shift put in put in there. Uh but then, then we we got a grip of the game again, Lee. And um, uh, it was it was it was Thacker comes on as a substitute, almost his first touch of the ball. Beautiful move, Fitzhardinge breaks through the line, pops it to him, uh, and he's in. How good is it to see Harry's flowing locks crossing the the whitewash? Well, once it was more?
1: it was lovely to see the legs pumping. Look, the little <laughs> the legs little of Harry Thacker. Um, I mean, the thing for me is. Uh, I don't. I don't want to sensationalise this too much, but I think that could that point could be the turning point of our season, because at that point we're probably even the people that were in the stands were probably thinking, "Oh God, here we go again." But the lads actually showed the grit, as you say, when we're down to twelve men, and it was the backbone, and that's what I loved about this. Mm. And it's not only showing the backbone, but we turned the game on its head. And like you say, I mean, Fitzharding was was fantastic, wasn't he? The strength that he showed going through the middle. Offload to facts and we're in and then all of a sudden which doesn't happen a lot in, in a rugby match does it momentum generally goes one way and then that's it but actually for us to to be in front then it go the opposite way and then us to come
2: back again Rarely happens in rugby I think, I think we... Are we missing that Piers O'Connor in school. We before? are. I mean, it's, a, the,
0: it's these, it, these yeah. damn kids knocking on yeah, my door. Yeah, it really I, messed up I, my I, notes. I, was, I, yeah. I can see now I've got O'Connor 47 minutes,
2: like yeah. of 56, so, so thank you. And it, so, it, was, and it came from from Sui getting carded for them. So it was good that we made the most of of that period going... You know, Dan, that's why I think going back to what you said, I think it was so good. We'd conceded a try very early in the second half with fourteen, got back to full mm. quota, then got ourselves in that position of mm. one extra, and it was good. And that's perhaps where that momentum then swung. And I think from that moment on, really, Thacker coming on and scoring that try very quickly as well, I think he scored it pretty much just as Tuasui came back on again. Mm. So to, to score one in with one up and then score another. It was, a, was a, a, a good position. I think from that moment on, I never, And you know, I was listening to it on the radio and I felt that even though there was a little bit of tension of certain things happening, I mean, we had another try disallowed that seemed a bit marginal, they had, yeah, and then even though they scored, I just felt it was, it mm. sounded like we were in control. And uh, most of the way, and on that a corner try, I thought that was great strength. Actually, yeah, it was because it, you know there was a
1: lot to do to get that ball down.
0: There was, but let let me come to you, Miles. If if the referee had said on field decision no try, mm-hmm. do you think there was
3: enough evidence there to? say that it was a try? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I looked at it again and again on the replay and it was marginal. So I think we were lucky to be given the decision on field decision a try. Yeah, I think it was the other way round. I think the TMO would have chalked that one off, sadly. It was... Yeah, you know. I, I think it, it from the
0: angles, it was very difficult to see well, where it, that ball had uh, actually touched the yeah. white line.
1: And you'd only have to look at Piers O'Connor's face. I mean, he, was, you know, he wasn't was quite sure himself so.
3: celebrating, I thought. <laughs> but we'll take it, won't we? We'll yeah. take it. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. We deserved it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And then I'll tell you what really pleased me about this game. And we've talked so many times on this podcast about game management and that was the fact that we had four penalties in that second half mm. and Callum stepped up and we kicked mm. them we kept the, the the scoreboard ticking over we just kept them out of reach and I think psychologically that's so so important when you're an opposition team and you're chasing you've got to get three scores to, to, to win the game so so important um, not sure about Callum's um, drop goal attempt at the end of the first <laughs> half I think you might need to work on those mm. a little bit but um, no, you know, fair fair play. I mean, that,
2: they, they were four pressure kicks from distance. that They yeah. nailed. You could argue that was almost the difference between two sides. I mean, well, it five was. tries each. Yeah, and, yeah. It was um, just a penalty. Yeah, I mean, no, I think penalties. it's. I mean, I think this. What was good about that was that it was the decision making under yeah. pressure, which we talked about in the past, not being there was there. And I think Atwood, as a captain, I thought was outstanding. Yeah. Mm. And and I think Sheedy also stepped up. And I there was the you know they made that decision because it would have been easy to go to the corner and the first one Shidi took was a long way out it was a mm. long kick and that I mean that to me was a moment for him as well a bit of a moment of redemption for Shido yeah. that you know he took a difficult decision that was the right decision and it gave us that little we kept ahead the whole time so yeah. no, I tell you right you tell me, I, was, I can 100% agree with you that that was the big thing
1: we should give Sheedy a bit of credit yeah, because I mean we you know we do you know we get on on we've been on his case for a few weeks mm. um, we all know he, he's got limitations but actually he did step up Yeah, he stepped up you know the last couple of uh, weeks and I think that he's starting to get back to you know he's taking on the mantle again I think he, he kind of just hidden away it felt like he, he kind of was backing out a little bit of things and-
2: I mean I think I don't know I wonder whether if you know we have to say things like we re- we record and report on what we see mm. day, week to week but I mean he's a professional sportsman I bet he he probably you know he backs himself and I'm sure he would have had a few little doubts maybe about his form but you know he's he knows he's a proper he's a good rugby player and I, I get I, I probably he was less worried about it than we yeah we were if you see what I mean I, I I thought absolutely it was a better performance. Is kicking,
0: um, dead ball kicking was was really good. I still don't think there was that spark there though. If I'm being totally honest, you know, through the, the, the full eighty minutes, there were some nice little things. I think we were allowed to play a lot mm. with you know Irish like to play good rugby, um, but certainly it was it was a step up from from where we've been in previous weeks. Um let's talk about performances then um let me come to you then Lee maybe talk about the uh, front five in the pack who who stood out for you well
1: again, as Miles had already said, i think they were all they were all solid again to use a miles phrase <laughs> um i mean they've they've been settled pretty much throughout the season, haven't they and when we've been struggling i think um you know they've they've you know they've all kind of been there and stood up. Um personally I'd like to say another Miles favourite is Kerr. Um I thought Kerr was, was excellent and for me potentially man and match material. Um but ably supported by Jan Thomas and, and you know it was nice to see obviously Big John back.
2: Yeah, I think big Big John makes a big difference. And he, and that... he made sixty odd minutes of difference, isn't he? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like a heart well, we all thought he was it was it was uh, Half-time John But I mean He <laughs> yeah. seems to have got I mean He seems to have got A sort Super of second wind in life yeah, yeah. Um, But he, I thought It was extraordinary yeah. How he kept going And yeah. Jan Thomas played The full 80 didn't he I think Not um, quite Almost right, but right at the very end I mean that's what you want though Isn't it You want yeah. Those And Atwood Didn't Atwood play the full 80 Yeah yeah I mean yeah. that is a yeah. serious <laughs> Spine um, Yeah I don't think there was too much choice for up with
0: now after no.
2: um, uh, you know. Joycey headbutting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but you do, it does make you wonder sometimes that when you don't have any choice, you do wonder yeah. why you make that choice in games previously. Why yeah. don't you leave some people on if, you, you know, if they, they are actually yeah. having a good game? But. And then, um, Pete, if you yeah. take the, uh, the back
0: row and 9 and 10 and give me your
2: thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the, I thought the back row was, a, it was a, such a good blend we've got there at the moment. And I think, I mean, Heenan is a you know we've said this before. He is an unheralded hero, really. And I mean, we you said with the tackle count, and you know he's a go-to man for Pat, um, but he compliments I mean, Fitz Harding is just going strength to strength. I mean, you know, he's just got everything. Mm. Uh, he's fast. He's mobile. He's skillful, but he's hard as nails. And he yeah. gets across well, the game. He line gets the as game. Well. Line. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I I think. It's almost making us think. Why hasn't he been? Why has it only just taken this long? But I mean, he is—he has got that position now, yeah. uh, in terms of. And then I thought Sam Jeffries is just—he's just a specimen. I mean, he—it's a thing that he hasn't played rugby for two years, and potentially mentally, had probably resigned, because the mindset of be, being a kind of office job. I mean, he did that office played development yeah. role. So then go back to. To that kind it's of the, 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 the core, yeah, yeah, and he just seems to have. I mean, it's like a brand new signing for us, and I, I think that. I mean, I, you know, and to, to then have Dan Thomas come on, we're and Lua Tua, and Vui potentially who sometimes play our our engine. I mean, we we're looking and obviously Nathan Hughes at the moment is, is 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 has been demoted. I mean, it's uh, it's it's really bodes well. So, yeah, and I and I and go to the nine and ten. I mean. It, I thought Randy Oren had a really good game and I think it obviously it helps when your forwards are also having a good game but it's almost as if like Oren steps up when he knows Randall's off to England is yeah, yeah, yeah. like the no, same thing that happened last year and I thought I thought he was fast he was looking at he was you know he was he was lively he overshadowed Phipps and of course when Oren half plays well then Sheedy plays well and I just thought you know that is that package that kind of back three halfback package those five together it's all coming off and they're not making mistakes and they're making the right decisions, then, you know, we look up, we look as good as anybody. Um, so fair play. Um, and, and actually, if you said, if I'm allowed to say, I think you might say it, but I thought that when Whiteley came on, it was like he added value to a performance that was already really good by by Andy Oren, like Thacker added value to yeah. Kerr's performance. And that's probably the first real time the bench has... Yeah. Has made a massive impact, yeah, which is great.
0: Well I'm just gonna look at some of the stats for for the meters. Uh I mean in the match overall, Irish made four hundred and twenty-five, we made five hundred and forty-five, so it's getting back to some yeah, yeah. some big numbers. Um top uh, meters made and a euro 80, yeah. eight, eighty-five meters from five carries uh then you've got uh Morhan and uh, Bates both made fifty nine meters fitzhardin fifty five meters as a number eight oh. of twelve carries Jeez. and Whiteley made fifty two meters for the, the short time he was on the pitch right here's here's one for you Charles Pietau how many meters did he make I come to Miles first.
3: You put that question across that's suggesting to me that it's it's, it's maybe down at, at 49, less than you. have Well, this this is the
0: third highest meters made person of the season so far in a team that's
3: not functioning well. well you're going to go for I I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go for less. No no. But you go may on. not have raised it. Forty nine. Forty nine. Lee. Forty
2: eight. Well, I'm just thinking because I did watch pretty much all the match on replay. I, I can't. He did a lot of good work. He did a lot of two meter carries that kind of opened up the fence. So I'm going to go. Oh, no. no. Yeah, forty-seven. No, I'm going to go thirty-one. Uh, right, he made off seven
0: carries, eighteen meters, oh, eighteen, right. meter. which right. is is the least I think in
2: any game he's ever yeah. played for us, and and he he played the full. Uh, but it's interesting because this shows where stats can be misleading. Because I felt he played quite well. Yes. And, yeah. and it's and it doesn't, you know, if you make a hundred meters and you get tackled on the line and then you butcher <laughs> the chance, which is what has happened yeah. loads with his meters it's, this it, season, it, it means nothing. Yeah. Whereas if he makes eighteen, but he gets past, he just makes a little bit of space, which I think he did today. I thought he played, I, you know, he was he was he, he was solid in like a good way. Eighteen meters in yeah, a yellow card, yeah. So. <laughs> so that's interesting it just goes to
0: show
3: doesn't it yeah, yeah.
2: so uh, let, let's look
3: at the uh, 11 through to 15 then uh, Miles who uh, who's uh, it's, it's hard to say just watching the highlights but you know I, from what I saw I thought that Luke Moran made some okay he, he missed a tackle at the end but he had a good run and an inside pass which led to a try he looked it's encouraging he was back and I thought Fricker looked quite good as well on the other wing a proper winger on the wing that's what I like mm. to see he was fast supportive and, he got and if he writes right. out a tackle, it'd be even better. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm. <laughs> Just got to go low. Got to go low. And, and I thought I thought Piers O'Connor and <laughs> Jack yeah, Bates really had a good. Good, good games in the centre mm. as well. And, you know, I was really concerned that, that might be a, a weakness for us. But uh, I thought they both, uh, both stepped up, both got tries as well. Yeah. Uh, I think
1: it was good that Bates stayed in the centre as well. Because, I mean, it did, that Wasps game... Didn't help him at all, did it? Because he kept getting drawn out mm. onto the wing, mm. and it, it just exposed he, the young lad. You I think, know, I think
2: he's a he is an, a almost a bit of a bonus. Yeah, um, because I don't think anyone was envisaged him looking this comfortable now at Premiership level oh. this early in the season, yeah. and that our hand Pat's hand was forced, and you know he went down the hairdresser, got his highlights in. <laughs> Uh, out a little bus cut, out, and uh, and fair play to him. And I, I like the cut of his jib massively. Mm. Well, talking about jibs, the pirate himself,
0: Jack uh, Hawkins. Hawkins, yeah. You know, <laughs> coming, off the, coming off the bench. Brilliant. Playing the best part of 50, 55 yeah. minutes. Um, you know,
2: again, I, th- I thought he... He's been biding know. his time. Uh, yeah. And do you remember very early in our pod career, we met his parents? We did, yeah. Game yeah. And had a chat with them and they were so pleased that he'd you know even just got into the Bears project yeah. and fair play to that Pat obviously sees something him in him sees, sees yeah. something in him because it's kept him in the squad but yeah I mean that's another bonus really yeah. that he got that much time yeah. and did well see I mean that's the, that's the thing
1: isn't it I mean like you say Pat's hand's been forced but now we're seeing these guys come into the team and, and this is the only way we'll find out about them is, is when they're on the pitch
0: yeah you know uh, absolutely. I thought Thacker looked more like the player the uh, first good. time. he He's yeah. really come back and uh, looked rampant in the uh, in the loose. And I, I've got to say as well on my notes as well, Whiteley, I really yeah, like the way he came really in. Good. He was zipping it around. He, yeah, so really good. Really, really good. Um, and uh, the thing that made me laugh when I when I watched the, the the game back in commentary is when Lahif came on. Yeah. What they described him as, do you know? They t- S- t- took The silver tongued silverback. Yeah. <laughs> silver tongued yeah, it was it was, uh, which uh, which I thought was yeah. very very funny. Right, before we move off this week, then let's have a look at some of the other results. Um, Friday night, Gloucester 13, Exeter 16. Gloucester a little bit unlucky there. Exeter certainly not firing on all cylinders. Um, come to you, Lee. As I hope always do with the Bath results. Mm-hmm. Bath. <laughs> bath 17, waspies 27. You they're
1: getting closer though, too, aren't they? You know they're getting closer. So one one day, maybe in a few weeks' time, they might might pinch a draw somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, and I've got to admit, while well, well, listening to uh, some of the commentary of the Bristol game, I was actually watching the Northampton Saints-Leicester mm. game, Saints 26, Leicester 55. I, I, It's a bit of a contradiction. I think that score's a bit flattering because Northampton didn't play that badly. No. But having said that, Leicester were ruthless. Any mistake, and they just capitalised. What well, Midlands
1: derby, that is. Yeah,
0: mm. and... Uh, and they said on the commentary as well, George Ford not being picked for England is going to make a huge difference from their season. Because yeah. he was just outstanding. And one of my favourite things, they were they were down to 14 men uh, coming towards the end of the first half, Leicester, um, held up over the line. So Northampton drop out, dropped out 40 metres out to Ford. Ford just has a look. Drop goal, yeah, three, I saw
3: points,
2: it. three points. I Thank you very it's much. much. If, if it gets, if it, if, this is what the, the new rule does because if a fly off drops it out, and it goes to the opposition fly-off, yeah. by definition, yeah. that was seems like Saying, I can do that as well, yeah. and yeah. go straight back in. It's brilliant. That's so the rule true. is don't kick it to a fly-off yeah. when yeah. you drop out. No pressure on him. Yeah. Of course, if can just look up, go, yep, yeah.
0: I'm down, should... down to 14 men. It's nearly half-time. Boom, three, three more points. They yeah. get what a great rule yeah. the, the, <laughs> uh, the goal-line kick-out is. Uh, and then we had Worcester 27, Sale 14. We won't say too much about that, because I think you're going to cover that... Uh, a little bit later, Pete, on your Pete's Premiership Preview. Uh, and then today, Queen's 22, Saracen's 29. Miles, Saracen's come back
3: right at the end, score a try. Uh, uh, I mean, I didn't see that. I, I was watching 10 minutes of it in, at the end of the first half and thought, I think uh, Queen's were 22-9 up or something. And I thought, well, they're going to storm this. They're playing well. I know they got the England players out, uh, but Danny Care was playing well. A Cheeky little jock goal from him. But I, I just didn't see that result. So I'm quite surprised that Saris came well, back. You were making been uh, happy with that, Miles? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that
0: is this weekend rounded up. How good is it that we're back to, to winning ways? You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many, many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Bears Beyond Gate and on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Right, next game coming up Saturday, the 6th of November. It's a three o'clock kickoff. Bristol entertain Worcester at Ashton Gates. Head to head in the league, uh, we've played thirty. We've only won eleven, drawn two, and lost seventeen. And for for well, up to about two or three, well, a couple of seasons ago, these really were a bogey mm. team for us. We've managed to put that to bed in in, in recent years. But uh, let's have a before we talk about it. Let's have a, a Pete's premiership preview where we talked talk to Marcello Casali Francis, who's the sports editor of the Worcester News. Now, let's listen to that now.
2: The question I was going to ask you first of all was, uh, yeah, good result for the Warriors yesterday despite three pretty ropey defeats prior to the game so I mean what happened yesterday what what changed for them
4: I don't know yet I mean the one thing I did point out was I don't think it's any coincidence that the the club captain comes back into the team and all of a sudden you get a bit more of a response um, I think. Ted Hills, so he almost encompasses this what this side's all about. They're a young side, exciting sides trying to trying to build something new at the club, trying to take the club somewhere you know into a new era kind of thing under Jonathan Thomas so to have him back after three games, and I think you can see that he's quite a popular member of the group, and I think that's why he was made captain in the first place uh, and, and the players respond to him as well, so I think that definitely played. I think that definitely played a part, but in general, you just—I watched them yesterday, and they—they they just seemed to be a hunger and a, and the, the passion was there and the the drive and there was a bit more nastiness going in, you know, a bit more niggly. There was a bit more niggly stuff going on, and they just—they were aggressive, and it was just a completely different side from what we see in the last three weeks. But I think having having Ollie Lawrence as well come back and Ted Hill come back, they're kind of two. Uh, two big players before Doohan came, um, and then he, yeah, he just he kind of lit up as well yesterday. And Jamie Shelcock, who's been fantastic, but ultimately it was just it wasn't abs- it wasn't necessarily anything technical. They did the basics well, but otherwise it was kind of built on. It did just look like a team that had that had had been battered three times in a row, and they didn't want to be battered again. So. Uh, I think that was it mainly. It was a, it was more of an emotional thing yesterday, and you could tell that it really worked for them. Fair play. So, um, I mean, thinking about the visit
2: to Ashton Gate next Saturday, um, I mean, do you think this gives like Warriors fans a, a real sense of hope that that they could uh, could could get
4: a win there? Well, I think so. I mean had it been another defeat it would have been doom and gloom and it had been it had been like and I think after the after being Irish at home to start the season and then playing really well down at Quinns um after that it was it was like I you know Warriors have to build on this now and then that's the key and Warriors don't want to be a side that just win on the odd occasion and, and then follow it up with five defeats or whatever and um Having said that, I'm not sure about the stats exactly, but uh, the away form for Worcester at Bristol is not good at all. Uh, so I don't think we can say... I mean, Warriors will be confident naturally just because that would be such a relief to have ended uh, an awful three weeks with with such a morale-boosting win and a good win at that, bonus point win. I think they'll take a lot from that. And I think having watched Bristol myself this season, they don't so far they're I wouldn't say a million miles away, but they're 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 a way off what they were at the week. But at the weekend we saw glimpses of what you know what they had produced last season. So I think both sides will be confident. Both sides needed a win at the weekend, both sides got it. So I think you know it it sets it up quite nicely for next week. But um Warriors definitely confident, um but the away form, Worcester Warriors away form in general is, in the premiership, is just shambolic. So I don't think Warriors fans ever travel away with a huge amount of confidence, but I think they will have a little bit after what we've seen at the weekend.
2: Do you think, I mean, Jonathan Thomas will be returning to, uh, turning to where he he obviously spent a couple of years um, with a bit of inside knowledge maybe on on the way that, on the Bears way or whatever that is. Um, Do you think he'll go with a, a specific sort of game plan or do you think, as you say, just try and do the basics right and and see what happens?
4: Well, I think JT is always one of these guys that's very much like we'll focus on ourselves first and foremost. And I still think that Warriors still have to do that because they've had so many new players come in, so many players gone out and they are a new side. I still think at this early stage in the season, which we're still at really, um, it's a case of focusing on themselves too. And I don't think they'll worry too much about about what the opposition will bring. I think naturally you look at Bristol and, and what they were last season. They're a team that likes to throw the ball around. Um, so I think it will still be an open game. And I think at the same time, that still plays into Worcester's hands because I think they've, especially the back three, they've got, Worcester have got some real threats in that back three now, especially with Duhan van der merver, And I think, I don't think, Warriors will go into that game with Bristol and change too much about what they've done. I don't think there'll be a change of tactics. I don't think the fact that it's Bristol and JT returning to Bristol, I don't think that'll, that, that'll play too much into anyone's hands. Um, But yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do do it because I'm not sure, I think, what are Bristol like up front? I mean, that is... It, played well it's yesterday. That Br- Bristol aren't a team that are going to... Are going to completely beat you up up front. No. They're, they're not, there, and they're more about setting foundations and then and then using mm. the uh, the quality Just, they have out wide. So we'll have this. We'll have to see. But I'm not yeah. too sure about. I don't think Worcester will change too much. Talking about
2: your new signings, yeah, because I'd forgotten you would signed a whole load of players. I mean, who's who's out of all the new signings? Who who's who's kind of stood out this season? Even though it's a bit been a bit of a roller coaster so far.
4: Um. well it's been JT referred to it yesterday and, and he's, he's, he's dead right they've been dealt so many curveballs already this season with injuries especially to key members of the group and I think in the first in the first two games Owen Williams was fantastic um, he was just looking so good and he was orchestrating things so nicely and with Willie Hines as well obviously they've got a partnership that they've had before so Losing O. Williams to a relatively long term injury, I think he might be back kind of for the start of next year. Um, but losing Willie Hines as well recently is has been a blow because he's also a player that such an such an experienced guy, especially at this level and in the premiership, he can he he can control games really well. So I think he was definitely someone that in the first two, two, three games was really impressive. Um Otherwise, Duhan Van Der Merwe has only just come in, but after last weekend, you you definitely think you know he can kick on here, can he? And um, can he can he go on and show exactly why Warrick spent all that money on him? Um, otherwise, I think Carl Hathurill, actually the the, the the player from the Championship they've signed, he's been arguably one of Worcester's best players, especially during those kind of really horrible defeats. He's really stood out as being a guy that's not afraid to just front up and mix it with with everybody, throws himself around, makes massive hits. I'd say out of everyone they brought in, I mean, they did bring him in kind of towards the latter end of last season, so he's not necessarily a new signing this season, technically, I don't think, but he's certainly impressed. Um, Matt Garvey, uh, who we bought from Gloucester, he played really well at weekend, and he's been out for a couple of weeks for... Well everyone's still trying to speculate and you know there are things going on with other players involved as well, so we are not exactly too sure what happened with him for the last two weeks, but he came back the weekend and was was really good and he offers worthster that kind of nastiness that that pack And there's a lot of young players in there, but I've always thought that they've lacked a bit of aggression and a little bit of mm-hmm. a bit of mean, and I think Matt Garvey certainly brings that so uh yeah, and uh, that I think if I was to look at it. Willie Hines Matt Garvey Carl Atherall they're the kind of guys that have stood out so far so I've got
2: two two kind of last questions quick ones first one is what do you think are the realistic kind of expectations for the season given there's no relegation so, that, so that's not something to worry about uh, and then the second question it kind of alludes to what you just said before is uh, Chris Ashton I don't know whether you've got any inside track on uh, on what's going on there <laughs>
4: Well normally I get a load of my I get a load of my information sources from podcasts, funnily enough. Uh-huh. Um so look, uh in terms of the Ashton thing, it's what I what I understand to be it through what I'm told and what I, I hear. No, they obviously won't say that he's been suspended for whatever reason. I'm not really too sure why they don't, if he has been suspended, why they don't just say, you know, he's been suspended. They don't necessarily have to specify, but I think they're kind of letting everybody kind of read into it how they want and letting people's imaginations run wild a little bit. But um, my understanding is that he has been suspended. Um, there were There were suggestions that Matt Garvey was suspended for something along the lines of speaking to, I'm not sure about this, so this is very much, I don't want to get uh, shouted down for this, but <laughs> supposedly Matt Garvey speaking to Gloucester players before a Gloucester game. And a lot of clubs, I think have the rule that before a game, you don't, yeah. you don't speak to opposition players kind of thing. So, I, but I don't know whether that is true. I'm not too sure, but Ashton's has obviously been something more sinister because it's been a longer ban. Um, I've been told various things. Uh, I'm not too sure. And, I'm not too sure if we're going to see too much more of him, to be honest. Um, Perhaps he, he certainly hasn't been one of your better signings. Let's put it that way. <laughs> let's leave it at that. <laughs> I think I think a lot of I think a lot of clubs have have gambled on him a little bit, um, and this this is very much looking like uh, something that hasn't really paid off for Worcester, But um, <laughs> we shall see. We're putting him to one side then. What, what do you reckon then about the the realistic
2: expectations then for the season?
4: Look, I think at the start of the season with all the incomings and people forget that Worcester pushed, not pushed, 20 20 players left left the side. That that isn't just half a team, that's half a squad. So to get rid of that, that amount of individuals and replace them with about 12 or 13 new signings, especially kind of key signings as well, you have completely changed that side. Now this is Jonathan Thomas's first full season in charge. He's had seven games so far. Obviously, the three weekends prior to this one have been harrowing, to say the least. And a lot of people are asking questions already, which to me is bonkers. Um, it's a new team, it's a young side, and this is their first season as a new team. So I think expectations—it's almost a little bit un—it's almost a little bit tricky to kind of put your finger on exactly a specific in terms of what a success would be but Jonathan Thomas and the, and the players are, I think are a uh, are ambitious bunch and I think you know Worcester have never finished above above eighth so seventh is the highest place finish that they could achieve and I think that is what they have they've come out and said that that is their target um short term this season so Look, I think it so many people have said it, it's such a competitive league, this league, and it's really difficult. Every game, you know, you can if you if you're if you're just a couple of percent off it, you're gonna lose. So I'm really not sure, but I think people wanna see a Worcester Warriors fans wanna see a progression. They wanna see this side progress throughout the season. And I think as long as they show that they're progressing each game and can pick up a few wins in the process and do good performances, pick up losing bonus points when they don't lose, not getting thumped would be a good start as well. Um, So I think success would obviously be, I think for me personally, I think eighth or ninth, I think if they were to come in there, that would be anything that isn't last place will be be up from last season. So... I think Warriors fans lost. Pay- they've got very little patience nowadays, and rightly so. They've had years and years of of struggles. So when when the club come out and say they want to finish seventh in their heads, that's it, right? That's it. Then that's that's what we're aiming for. I think if they were to get that, it would be an incredibly successful season. Now that would be that would be brilliant to take them from finishing bottom, winning one game all season, to them finishing seventh would be would be astounding. To be honest, so. I think, for me personally, I think if they were to come eighth, ninth, I think that would that would definitely be a sign of progress, and I think people would have to be kind of content with that as long as they see that the team are moving somewhere. That's what that's what counts. Yeah.
2: Cool. All right. Well, it's uh, yeah. I think it's all set up for you know hopefully a good game next weekend.
4: So so cheers. Thanks very much. No, no, you're very welcome. Yeah, pleasure.
0: Well obviously uh, he he was pretty chipper after that that win at
2: the weekend. Uh and a good win against Sale. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean beat I mean I, we haven't done that for a couple of seasons, <laughs> have we? So fair play to them. Um yeah, I, I, I like the way that he said they kind of won it on emotion, really, that uh you know, they'd lost three really badly on the bounce and they just didn't want to lose another one and fair play to them for that. And um I don't know whether whether that's really going to help them or not next week, I mean, we obviously also did the same thing. So I think it'll be. A, I think it, they'll come with some confidence to the gate, um, and we'll be confident that we can score tries again. So uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game next Saturday.
0: Absolutely, and Lee, um, if we're we're thinking about uh, team selection, maybe if I come to you for the forwards. Um, where, where do you see Pat maybe making changes? And I know one of the things we've talked about in recent weeks as well, it's a bit frustrating because we don't get a lot of information about injuries. So yeah. it's very difficult to know how close some people are. But based on the knowledge that we do have, how, how, will, will Pat tinker with that pack? I,
1: I can't see him changing too much in the front row, I'll be honest, because again, they were, they were all completely solid. Um, and obviously, if I is just getting back into, you know, into the swing of things, we had a bye week last week. So no game, and so I think the front row for me would be Jan Thomas, Kerr and Afoa again. Mm-hmm. Now the second row, obviously we don't know like where, where Chris. It was
0: Chris Fu we rested. Or was no, it? no, he was unavailable. He's unavailable. I think that listed as injured <clears throat> with Lua Tua as well.
1: So in that case, I mean, I think we still go with with Dave Atwood and Joycey or.
0: Well, Joyce has got to oh, pass his head injury. Of course, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or
1: Ed Holmes. I mean, because obviously yeah. Holmes has never let us down, has he, when he's come in? So <clears throat> I can't... You know, injuries aside, I think that that front five will be pretty much as
2: is, I think. So are you saying Hawkins will start then? Do you think? Hawkins I, has done enough to well, get a start? I, I don't know because... you saying Holmes. Yeah, I know, but I you didn't... What do you think about Hawkins? Well, yeah, I mean, Hawkins
1: is great. I mean, he's been knocking on the door again, but I think... For the experience, I think you'd pick mm. Holmes. But, I mean, I, to be honest, I wouldn't... If John Hawkins started that, yeah. that game, I wouldn't be concerned at all.
2: I forgot how big he is as well. well. He, he's he, a is huge, yeah. he is huge. I mean, you could make an argument that if, if you're going to give somebody who come on un, unexpectedly as a sub after whatever it was, 10 minutes, has a good game, you're going to give him another start. It's not a bad game to give him another start back at home against a team yeah. that potentially can wobble. And, and if Ed Holmes is coming back to fitness or Joycey, maybe they bench, you know, just to see how he goes. It's a difficult choice, isn't it? I, I've got to
0: say, and I hate saying this this early in the season, I think this is going to be quite a pivotal game for mm. our season. Mm. So I think if we can go into the break with three wins out of seven, it kind of mm. sets us up reasonably yeah. well. We've got some okay fixtures running up till Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think should we lose it, mm. then... I think we've got a hell of a lot of ground to make up because let's face it, we played London Irish, who, yes, they beat Exeter uh, two weeks ago or a week ago, um, but they were a bottom three team last year and and Worcester were rock bottom last year and they've taken some real hidings. Now, great result against Sale, but then Sale, I think, are about fourth from bottom, so Mm. they're not having a great season. So if we don't do the business against Worcester... To me, it, it is such an important yeah, game going into that Premiership. Yeah, and also
1: the momentum that we've just gained yeah. after the bye <laughs> week. We've lost again, haven't we? So.
0: Yeah. So so then six, seven, eight.
1: So this this would be my 6 so I don't know about Lua 2. I don't know how close he is again. So I'm sticking with Sam Jeffries at 6. Um, I'm going to stick with Heenan at 7. I mean, I, I don't think Dan Thomas is... As much as we love him, I don't think he's done enough this season at the moment anyway um, and obviously number eight's already nailed on Fitz Arden all mm. day long
0: for yeah uh, a very deserved man of the match performance um, I'm just going to come to you Pete um, for
2: um, nine and ten so Sheedy's away she, we know Sheedy's away I mean I think Uren will start 100% because I think I think he played well I think Pat has got a lot of faith in Andy Uren I think Andy Uren knows what to do but I think having Whiteley on the bench pushing him will mean that he'll be he'll be looking to be on the front foot a lot mm. on Saturday, and that's what you need. You need a scrum half who's on it, who's looking for those gaps. I mean, what I liked about Oren didn't mention it, but you know, one of those breaks he made was the little snipe around the side of the ruck and the little dummy and go, and that's what you want from scrum halves. Yeah. And I think he'll be he'll definitely start. There's no doubt about it. But I think Whiteley will be on the bench saying you've got to play well some because I'm going to come on and I'm going to do exactly the same as you if not better so I think it's brilliant and one thing
0: we didn't talk about was during in that 50-22 50-22 beautiful beautiful and
2: also the little chip through that he did oh That's like, yeah, the reverse chip because he did it off his right because he obviously hadn't got a left foot so he came and he, and he chipped that over and that was unlucky because that had bounced to Piotr Piotr was in there yeah 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 so I thought oh, he's all court game. Mm. And, it, and I mean, so uh, it's because, you know what? It's because you know why. It's because he had a haircut in the week. Because one of my, you know, boys, one of my mates yeah, was in the barber and sent me a photo, oh, he? He did he? And he was, had that, you yeah. could see he had a little sharp That just gave him that little extra marginal gain. Fade yeah. up the back. Yeah. Who was his wingman in the barber shop? It was. Uh, I think it was one of Charles Pieter. Oh. So they both had. They both had. Is uh, It's a Turkish barbers on White Ladies Road, and uh, my mate was there, sent me a photo of them, and said they jumped the queue. Yeah, laughing, yeah, but you know, you after, know I am. <laughs> after that performance I'd let him go in any time <laughs> anyway 10. 10 well Sheedy's away I mean I, I guess it'll be I mean everyone's been clamouring for Lloyd but he didn't get a run out didn't he so he could be but I, I was thought are they holding him back, holding just him back to, for just I mean I, I think realistically who are the other options I mean we've got Eden who's not not even been on the bench mm. you know people yeah. say Whiteley's a 10 but he's not he's going to be a scrum half Bedlow, Bedlow potentially, but do we know he's injured or not? So I think the only option we've got really is, potentially, is Lloyd. Unless you're looking at me, Tony, as if you've got another player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly. he's like that little side smirk. It's like, I've forgotten something
0: really obvious. Go on, Ed. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put, put this up the flagpole, see if it flutters. Um, now, Pivak has, has picked four fly halves That's in his, his team. Um, and I know Dan Bigger went off injured um, but you've got Anscombe, and Priestland and Bigger now if Sheedy's not needed for the matchday squad um, uh, for the game then does he come back to the club now having said that I think Pat last time that was a possibility last autumn international say no we prepare for the week yeah. with mm, who yeah. our fly half is and that's yeah. that, that was Yo and Lloyd that time yeah. so I, there is that possibility that he could be released back.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely a possibility. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, I think that if Lloyd does start, then it's interesting to know what the bench would be like because may I don't know maybe Sheedy would if he did come back they might put him on the bench yeah, for that yeah. very reason. Yeah, yeah. And if Sheedy doesn't come back, there's an interesting. Who are you going to put on the bench? Who as a potential flyer's replacement? It might be that. You know, Eden does come on the bench for the first. Well, he was there giving out the ball. He was was doing the he was doing the kicking and stuff. So, yeah, interesting. I think we'll see, Tony. Right, it it again makes the speculation of the team announcement quite exciting, doesn't it? Indeed. Uh, And
0: then come to you, Miles, um, in the in the backs. Then uh, eleven to fifteen again who, who starts I mean we don't know whether Toby Fricker is going to pass
3: his head injury assessment of course yeah well we're running out of options aren't we really especially if we find that Lloyd is pulled in to fly half and he's been normally used as a wing in these situations um, we got to assume that Piers O'Connor is. I didn't see any injury occurred at the weekend we've got to assume he's there we saw Jack Bates Jack Bates played very well and run in I mean I don't see why you wouldn't pick him but no. um, I think I'd leave Leia on the bench. He made some pretty... <laughs> what? Well, I don't what, know. What, are you going to say I, Leia I, I was not wing? I, wing I, you know, I... Were w- you not coming for Fricker, do you think? I thought well, Okay, had, if, had a, it's his
2: best game we've seen.
3: Did you? Yeah. Well because I could only see the highlights. Yeah, it's not the I same saw to be some fair. terrible it, tackles uh, and that's and that's all I can judge I thought, the game I, yesterday. I thought
2: we we've taken the Mickey out of him a little bit about his legs, and I really? thought he was he was pretty sharp when he came up. Oh, well, there we and, go. Well that's And the, I mean I think you you're right, but I think he is a he would be a wing option to start if Fricker's I mean, he played most of the game anyway yeah, for Fricker, right, yeah. and then he even went at flanker for a, a bit as well, didn't yeah, he? And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think he did enough for Pat to think, you know what, I'll get you. He's, if we are struggling, I do, you know, what you said I, earlier, so it's like a see. winger yeah, on yeah. the wing. So I think oh, he might start.
1: Luke Moran's got. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he so seems silky.
3: to be fit. I mean, he was playing well. I don't see why Luke Moran he wouldn't start on one wing, and then the option of if Fricker's. Fit, on
1: or yeah. or passing the And how far away we we're pretty. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows, knows, knows? But this is why i was speculation. We have got, remember, we've is...
2: got we've got um like Charlie Powell, haven't we? Is we've got a few academy that could be benching yeah. for wingers that did get in the bench. At Newcastle, didn't they? And, I uh, got a feeling they'll
1: play the following week, yeah.
0: possibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I think you look at it. You know the centres. I I think O'Connor and Bates, morahan Charles Pierce, how will play because I'm sure he'll be rested mm. for the Premiership. I'm sure he want another couple yeah. of meters. For, yeah, yeah. Week yeah. 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 <laughs> want to, he'll <laughs> want to <laughs> catch up. I, I I think that that number eleven jersey is is the is the one whether Leo will play. Um, or whether, you know, is he the kind of player that gives you options in more places on the mm, bench? Yeah. Uh, and does Adi Loken come back? Um, because he's he's not injured. Um, but I know, <laughs> no. you know, he's, <laughs> so, he's, he's, he's not set the world alight in the, uh, the last no. few performances. But, you know, and Frisch. Where's Frisch? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, no one knows. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I I didn't see much of the Newcastle game. I think defensively it was really yeah. sound. Yeah. Um, didn't didn't do too much wrong, but obviously Pat maybe doesn't feel he's he's quite quite I mean, ready he, for the Premiership. He but. didn't
1: really get enough chance to show the attacking yeah. side, did he? But maybe I mean, Piers
2: O'Connor coming back, put him and he, yeah. and maybe it's because he's too specialist, and he didn't yeah. get on the bench this week, and Leo, Leo, Leo yeah, gets on the be. bench because he's. And yeah. Although yeah, it wasn't quite the plan that he went on the wing straight away, which kind of meant O'Connor and Bates pretty much had to stay on. Mm. Well, had to do the whole game. So, we'll see. That is the interesting thing,
0: isn't it? When you when we play that five-three split with the eight substitutes, the uh, spare bears, you you really do need your 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 scrum half. You need mm. to have an out-and-out scrum mm-hmm. half. And then you need two players that can cover mm. the, the the rest of the back positions. Really, you can't afford too yes. many other specialists on on, mm. on that bench. Um, I, I again, who knows? You know, if Vui and Lua are are fit, will they come straight back in? It would be difficult not to not to bring yeah, they, them in, but it'd yeah, be pretty harsh, wouldn't it? You know, but you you could see, you know. Uh, Vui, there might well be a space with Joyce's, uh still-seeing stars, yeah. um, and uh, Jeffries and Heenan, you know, for one of them to, to drop back out uh, and, and maybe be on the bench. You know, love to see Purdy back, who knows. Um, and also after, with
1: Jeffries, he's played two weeks on the trot after two years out, so mm-hmm. I mean, there could be, you know, potentially if, mm-hmm. if there is another option, obviously Lua Tua is back fit, then mm-hmm. I, I would suggest he would come in and slot in to hit, hit six.
0: The, the interesting I, I thing I, I saw um, is Afoa, yeah, great great game against um, you know Irish, played a lot of minutes and when him and Thacker are on the pitch, they seem yeah. to have mm. this connection. They, mm. they, they play really well together. But when he came off, uh, Lahif came on as tight head where you had Jake Armstrong as a specialist tight head that didn't come on until the 79th minute. So it just shows whether there is that still that, that slight lack of his ability to, to, to be anything more than a injury replacement at the moment where, where he is. Um, but that puts a lot on a foa. Um, but I suppose if you have got Lahif that can uh, work either side of the scrum, then you know maybe that's not so bad. But, but, but I'm touching
1: he thrives on that, doesn't he? Oh that's, he does, yeah. He, 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 does. he almost wants that. He needs to, to have that battle, doesn't he? he? He wants that kind of come on, let's have it, you know. And, and I think he, he that's why he performs the way he performs.
0: Yeah, it will be interesting. We're going to talk about this more next week around the the Premiership Rugby Cup and how Pat approaches this, because with the injuries, maybe you know it's slightly different to if you had a fully fit squad. Um, so it'll be fascinating. But let's let's save that for next week. Let's just look back at the predictions then uh, for, for the Irish game. Miles, you went for a nil-nil uh, in, in your absence. Lee, you were, you were the 21-all draw. Uh, Pete, 21-23 to Bristol. Uh, but I think I was closest with the 2024. 20, <laughs> oh, oh marginal. I don't think any marginal. We were so confident last week, like we, any, we, any, Yeah.
2: Any credit for that?
0: Right. So, prediction time for the Worcester game. Let me
2: start with Pete. I think we, we've got the taste of the bonus point back. Try bonus point, that is. So, I think we'll score four tries. I'm pretty confident. So, that's what? That's four times five. That's 20. She, if your Lloyd's can, I'm going to go 30-15. That sounds like a tennis. It is. Cool. But
3: yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we're, you know, we're back at Ashton Gate. I think we're going to get four tries. You know, hopefully four conversions, which is twenty eight. I mean, plus a penalty. Let's go for like thirty one to twenty. I think we'll still pull in a couple of tries.
1: Lee. No, I agree. I think we're going to get a bonus point. I think we will concede a couple as well. I'm going to go for 34-14, Tone.
0: 34-14. Right, I am going to go for uh, 30 points to 21 why
3: do you always look at the rest of our scores before you these? <laughs>
0: because I don't want to say the same yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> that would be a
3: cop out. That would be a cop out. And you know what, TC? I mean, fantastic. We're going to be back at Ashton Gate next Saturday. I mean, it's going to be brilliant. All four of us back in our teeth back in our seats, watching Worcester play Bristol play Worcester at home. It's going to be brilliant, isn't it, Pete? I mean, you're going to really enjoy the uh, the atmosphere, aren't you, Pete? Being yeah. there with us three.
2: Well. Actually, I'm just looking at something else at the moment. I'm looking at the, uh, Pete, the Premier League predictor table at the moment. Oh, Tony hasn't mentioned this. <laughs> I do, you to, do you want to mention the, the, the Bears' baton to the gate
0: league, Tony? Uh, to be honest, I haven't checked it this weekend. <laughs> Why We've should got, I? Uh, I'm up. Up. We've I'm now got 27 up.
2: people in our league. 28. 28, I think. And I'm 21st, which I see as progress. in the table. Yeah. And, Mainly because and, I remember to do it. And if you look at the top of the league,
3: I'm third. Oh, well done. Uh, oh. But, but can we, sorry,
1: you two like, showing off your members. Sure. Get um, your
3: phone out during the podcast. Could, can we
1: get back to, to Miles winding
2: you up, Pete? Because well, he seemed to what suggest you, say? That you he weren't going to be
3: there, there next you, 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 well, well, You might have some other know It's right.
2: shocking front-page news that, due to a prior engagement that was organised before the fixtures came out. As a proud Englishman. As a proud Englishman. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be missing the game on Saturday to be watching Wales against South Africa. You what? Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. Eight. Yeah. Eight,
1: lads, it could be worse. How? You could have
2: been an employee at <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, hang on a minute. Yeah, where am I going? But no, in my defence, because obviously you want the defence, this was an arranged weekend with some mates... One of them who lives in Cardiff, based around. I mean, obviously, I'm going as a, an interested observer, um, but unfortunately, it was booked and paid for before the fixtures came out. So I'll be giving my. Uh, well, I'll be. Oh, we'll see what I do. Well, I've got to say, I, I'm not around either next weekend. <laughs> well, hang on, oh, hang
0: on, hang hang on. on. but
3: T C, uh, you're uh, not supporting uh, Wales, are you?
0: No, no. Uh, uh, well, again, you- a, a weekend away with lots of very old and dear friends. We're down in Dorset, but. When, when we agreed that weekend, I thought... What, Thomas you know, the, Hardy that the, the fixtures hadn't been, hadn't been uh, done. And I thought, if it's a Friday night game, I can get away with that. Yeah. Or if it's a Sunday, I can get home on time. <clears throat> and then it's three o'clock on a s- Saturday, yeah. isn't it? Which which I couldn't... Do. So hang, so, hang on, on a minute. It
3: says two of us missing. How, well, you, well how, hey, it's like flying a flag half well, mile this weekend,
2: isn't it? Ten-minute tune you're going to have to try Douglas. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Just me and Lee. <laughs> we'll give it a go. We're not stopping the 10-minute tune, boys. It wasn't a one-off. This is every home game. So, boys, come on. To be
1: honest, I think me and Miles were the only two that were in tune last time. <laughs> yeah. that, that so.
2: right. Oh, dear. So Actually, good. on that note, I just say, I, a couple of lads that I know, uh, big friends of the pod, did text me, Binzie and Mike, I might as well name them, they did they said said they had a go at the uh, the Blackbird at London Irish, but without the thunderclap. <laughs> so I was a bit disappointed with that, but they did they did give it a go. Just Good two lads. of us. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but fair play. Good lads. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. There, you are relate to. Yeah, you're not yeah. coming to the game. That's yeah, the I, 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 was going to say something about being at um, watching West, West. No, watching West Ham beat Spurs at the London <laughs> stadium last weekend. It's
1: always good to forget uh,
0: that one. Um, but one one of the even things, Man United I, I, Spurs I, I, it, it, not to talk about the game or to rub it in your salt, uh, salt into your wounds. Lee. but one of the things I quite liked, and you know, we we we've got Simba Cam and dance count that i don't think is that popular what was really cool at west ham at half time they did a they did a quiz so you could log on to uh the west ham site and then you could take part in this quiz so it was i think there was like six questions and it was about the fixtures over the years so you answered them and then the last one was something like in all the games how many goals have been scored in the hundred odd games mm. and then at, they, they then supercomputer churned out and there was a winner announced uh, before the end of half time that is good and I just thought yeah, I like that, well, why, why couldn't we good. do something like that and yeah. I think um, I think yeah they got like a signed match day shirt so they would have been able to if, to, to pick yeah. it up afterwards as well but it was all questions about about the fixture mm-hmm. and then this one that was the kind of tiebreaker so
1: one. That's brilliant. And, and all four of us love a little quiz as well, don't we? Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. for us, would be we'll you, much why better why than why Super Count.
2: We could do it. Couldn't we do it?
1: We need a, a super commute, yeah, no, right? We could
2: We could set the questions on the podcast before the match. And then people could go and look up the answer. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you,
2: know, you got that. You got to get. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. As yeah. far yeah. listeners would <laughs> cheat, come on. But no, again, I just thought it was a mm, good yeah. use of big screen and getting people involved mm. without a you know too 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 much silliness that we sometimes get with uh, with Simba Can. So that's why I was going to mention it and not the fact that West Ham beat Spurs again. Can't remember it. Um, <laughs> right, moving along. Um, I got an invitation to to be on another podcast that uh, was recorded uh, during the week, uh, and that's a guy called Sam Roberts who has a podcast series that's called "The Ties That Bind Us." And basically, what he's done, uh, he, he so that was a bondage one, was it? <laughs> no, that, that's that's the one that you're subscribed to. This is a, this is a different one. Um, Sam actually is a a broadcaster and uh, does a lot of rugby commentary. Uh, and he set this podcast series up and he's going to go through all the 13 premiership teams. So basically he gets three or four fans together and you just have a chat about how you became fans and how you feel the club are. And, and it, it was great. I was on with uh, Kelly Parker from the supporters association uh, and a big Bristol Bears fan called Paul Bristow. And we had a, a chat. I'm not going to give too much away, but there was one question that was really because he did throw in some some. Um, little Lefield. left field questions. Mm. So he said, You've got to answer this. I'm going to give you all the same question. I'll start with Miles, then Pete, then Lee. Bristol Bears disappears, and you have to support another Premiership team. Oh. Who
3: would it be, and why, Miles? You know, I, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think uh, it would never be Bath, it would never be Gloucester. Um, but you know, it's a tough one, really. Another Premiership side, and it's tricky because I'm—you you just base it on. How teams are playing this season. Never be the no, Chiefs. No, no, no that's supporting it? Support have oh, okay. <laughs> never be the cheating Sarah. Come on. Actually, say it. You it you know, you're going to say ex- it. Say <laughs> it. <something laughs> like,
2: someone call the lifeboat.
3: Because <laughs> we got we got slight connections with Exeter. I don't want to say oh, then. Say it. Well, OK, I think Exeter Chiefs. Ooh. I'm going to go with that. Oh, oh, terrible choice. Sorry about that.
2: Pete, mine's easy. It would be Falcons because I spent a bit of my, my life up in Newcastle, uh, enjoy the city, uh, and I, I quite like them as a as a club. And, uh, you know, they're not very interesting to watch, but I think they're, you know, they're a plucky sort of team, so I'd be Falcons.
1: Mine's easy as well. Sell, because of Steve Diamond. <laughs> 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 no, mine's, mine is relatively easy, and I'm going to go down the miles route as well. Um, my best mate, Paddy, massive Chiefs fan season ticket holder previously and they're only down the route so it wouldn't you know I could have a little stopover still get a few sherberts in and then drive back
2: the next day but I wouldn't really be supporting them yeah. that much <laughs> really <laughs> what did you say yeah, then yeah, Tanks interesting question we've got to wait until the podcast comes out well I could keep you in suspense
0: yeah. but no I, I actually said Gloucester yeah because I love King's Home as a rugby ground. <coughs> yeah, I think it's enough. a proper old rugby club. It's a West Country club as well. We've got lots of friends that are Gloucester fans as well. Yeah. Um, well i just bought me ticket for the shed for the game on uh, the, See, the 3rd of to December. Easy isn't it, up on the train? Easy to get And yeah. it is a West Country club, and it isn't Bath. Uh, <laughs> that's what I did say on the podcast. Fair enough. First of all, anyone but Bath. So yeah, uh,
1: They would have been my close second yeah, to be fair.
0: But... Uh, <laughs> But no, it, it, it was a lovely chat with Sam and uh, yeah, I think uh, in the series so far, they've talked to some Quinns fans, some Saris fans, some Sale fans and some Leicester fans. So this is the fifth episode. So if you want to look for it, you can find it on most of uh, the podcast platforms and it's called The Ties That Bind Us. More importantly, Tom, did you get a plug-in for our podcast? What, like an hour-long programme, did you yes. think i <laughs> How about it? Good lad. Yeah, I think it was, I got one in it at the start and one in it, yeah, it, nice. it, it, at the end. Um, right, just before we go then, I think you, you've got a birthday shout-out to do, Lee. I have, yeah. I mean, I don't know what birthday
1: is in age terms, but um, Mr Charles Peartown, our, uh, our, our esteemed fallback, uh was born on, on this day, God knows how many years ago, and we just wanted to to wish the the big fella happy birthday a Halloween birthday Halloween
0: birthday spooky (laughs) okay Uh, well guys thanks so much Uh, that's it for this show Uh, for all the listeners out there if you like what you've heard please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform we'll be back next week with our review of the Worcester game and hopefully another win and then we'll have a preview of the Premiership Cup until then goodbye stay lucky and come on Briz